Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which is all about music and creative culture in London. It is a bittersweet episode today. The band I spoke to for today's interview was Nova Cup, a band that I have mentioned in the past on this podcast. And the conversation you'll hear to my ears is thirty is a thirty minute bundle of joy. I it was an absolute delight to talk to them. I'm very grateful for their time. They are all fantastically talented and just fantastic people all around. However, there is some very sad news in the music community today. Scott Hutchison, the singer of the Scottish band Frightened Rabbit, has been confirmed dead. He'd been missing since Tuesday, the 8th of May, and I believe it was earlier today, possibly last night, that the police had found a body, and just under an hour ago was confirmed to be Scott Hutchison. So my sincere condolences to his family, his friends, the fans of the band, anyone that's been affected by this news. If anyone is going through something like that, do seek help because help is out there. You are not alone. And for Nova Cub to be the band I speak to on today's episode, there are there's at least one episode of maybe a couple of weeks ago when I had actually taken a break for a few days from recording this podcast. And then I went to see Nova Cub play their first gig their first proper gig as a band. And I recorded a short podcast episode to return that talked about my anxieties and insecurities to a certain degree and how seeing Nova Cub play their show inspired me to get back onto this and to keep plugging away at the dreams that I want to achieve. Talking to Nova Cub yesterday, and Nova Cub are Iona on bass, Tony on drums, Russell on guitar and Louise on guitar and the songwriter and singer. Well, part songwriter with Russell, and I think they're all writing together now. Talking to them, it was in, I think at some point in this conversation, I actually say that this feels like a group therapy session because it's interesting. When you are doing anything creative, I think at the early stage, you are vulnerable. Regardless of what position you are approaching it from, there is an element of fragility involved. I think, to some degree, pursuing something creative can feel counterintuitive. No matter how good you are, there's an element of risk involved, which can make those closest to you that you tell about your ambitions respond with, mm, but are you sure? You know, you might not make it, etc., etc., And it's at that early stage when you have to really knuckle down and try and fight through those fears to pursue what it is you want to do with no guarantee that you will find success. Just the inkling that it brings you some joy to do it. So you want to follow that. And part of the mission statement of this podcast and Saddest Night Out in general is that I very much know how it feels to be in that stage. I am in that stage. And in being in that stage, I tended to gravitate towards other people in a similar situation and I know how powerful it can be to have someone other than yourself say to you hey I like this idea you have you should see it through you should keep going with it and that is what I aim to be for the people I speak to because it's not 
always about the music you make when it when I consider the gigs I go to, the people I talk to, etc. It's the musicians, it's the creative people behind the idea. That's what I most connect with and that's what I really want to understand. A slight symptom of that is I mentioned in a previous episode how asking about... In fact, oh, I'm getting tongue-tied again. This is like my fourth attempt to record this intro because it is a bit of a strange one to try and record... I will finally put up that bonus episode I've been talking about, which is my very long walk home after the episode I put up on Monday, where I spoke to a whole bunch of people after going to two gigs in one day. And in that bonus episode, I talk about how I asked someone in that episode, what kind of music do you make? And they said, I hate that question. And I I really now understand, since I'm more interested in the people creating rather than just what they create, the more fruitful conversations come from understanding the personal connections behind the creations. And that's very much the gist of the conversation I have in this episode. It's a bit of a long one. You know, strap in and go for the ride because I think it's worthwhile. No, I, was, I said at some point, I think before the interview or afterwards, normally I try to go for 10, 15 minutes, but I was just really enjoying the conversation. So I just decided to continue. The nature of the conversation I have in this episode, there are some things that I brought up that I don't think the band had discussed with each other. So there were revelations that came to light in this episode. And you hear people saying to each other, oh, I I didn't know that. Oh, wow, that's how you felt. And I think in this line of work, there isn't always space made to have such conversations, to have real heart-to-hearts with each other in the band. Often you are hitting the road running and you're just trying to knuckle down and keep doing what you're doing. You might crack jokes, you're there for each other if one of you seems to be at breaking point, but for the most part, those kinds of conversations might seem a little, for lack of a better word, a bit cheesy, so they're not really had. But when I arrived... I saw that door and I opened it and I think it was to everyone's benefit to have that opportunity to put out there how they felt about each other, how they felt about certain things that happened between each other. And I I, I would like to think after this conversation, the members of Nova Club might have been brought that much closer together and with good reason because they are all wonderful people and they deserve every success they can achieve. Side note, Congratulations to the band Fur, who were the first band I spoke to for this podcast, who recently reached one million views on one of their YouTube videos for the song If You Know That I'm Lonely. Congratulations to them and to Edward Zorab, who was the, one of the directors of the video as well, who I've met and I'd like to talk to at some point on this podcast. I said in a tweet that uh, I'm eternally grateful for them for speaking to me, and the only way is up for them, and they completely deserve it. And I believe the same is true of Nova Cub. And between us, after the recorded conversation you're about to hear, I spoke to Louise at length about performing and being in the spotlight and the anxieties that can come with that, which, is, which I think was a really heartfelt and fruitful conversation. And I also spoke to Russell. Now, you'll hear me say in the episode how influential Block Party were to me. What you won't hear is me talking to Russell afterwards about how I used to go to Reading Festival 
almost every year from about 2006. And in one of those years, block, many of those years, Block Party played. But in one in particular, I was watching them play and Kelly, the singer from Block Party, said to the crowd, I met Russell at a Reading festival. And the crowd cheered and then I started chanting, Russell, Russell, Russell. People around me joined in and eventually the whole crowd was cheering, Russell, Russell, Russell. And Russell said, yeah, I remember that. We were on the main stage. That was a real highlight for me. And I was saying, I was the one that started that chant. And it was, my heart grew ten sizes in that moment. <sighs> yeah, I really, really enjoyed having this conversation with the band. I hope you'll enjoy listening back to it as well. I hope they enjoy listening back to it. And I mean everything I say. I wish them every success. And the way they're going, I think that is the way forward for them. And I hope to play whatever part I can in that success. And yeah, I will put up that bonus episode today. And to anyone who's been particularly affected by the news of today, do seek help. I think, again, I can't speak conclusively on anyone else's situation, but I am familiar with not feeling completely healthy mentally. But on top of that, feeling as though you can't really talk about it. And on some level, this podcast feels a little bit like a form of rehab for me. Because I am sharing music and ideas that I've been hoarding for such a long time. And it feels like with this, with this daily series I'm doing... I have an outlet for those ideas and for those feelings. Wherever they may lead to, I don't know. But it feels good to finally get all of this stuff out there to some degree. I hope it feels good for the people I talk to, to have someone to talk to about the ideas they have and the things they're going through. Yes, it might be primarily in regards to music, but in general, what the conversations you hear me have are just that, conversations. I'm not arriving with a list of questions and an objective to achieve. I'm just arriving with an open ear and an inquisitive mind. And to some degree, this podcast is that for me. So to anyone out there who is in a rough place, I encourage you to seek out an outlet, some form of being able to let out that which you are keeping in. Because it your happiness and your well-being is worthwhile it's very easy to slip into a cycle of a train of thoughts where you put yourself last and you berate yourself for thinking this way but you're human you're allowed to feel that way and you are worth seeking help (sighs) okay Without further ado, this is the conversation I had with the members of Nova Cub, Iona, Tony, Russell and Louise backstage at the Victoria in Dalston. And there is a special appearance from some of the members of Publicity Department who are the headline band. Because basically we kind of took over the green room to have this conversation and other bands did need the room so they popped their heads a little bit. And also thank you to Adrian and Kirsty. Kirsty was the photographer for the night. Adrian was the promoter for the night. Death to Everything is the name of his promotion company. I, I don't know what else to call it. And Adrian cooks the wonderful rice and chili that you hear some people eating. He provided the food. 
and it was one it was wonderful so thank you very much for that adrian and i accidentally stole Kirsty's beer so i'm sorry again for doing that anyway now i'm rambling here is the conversation between me and nova cub and i will see you at the end enjoy and we are live so i'm now in the back room of the victoria in dalston which i've never been to this back room before i've been all over the place in the old blue last so little by little i'm amassing a collection i am here with all four members of nova cub so they are yona and you play uh bass and also i'm russell and i play guitar Tony and I play drums. Louise and I sing and play some limited guitar. <laughs> <laughs> now, the band is currently eating their dinner just before the show, so forgive me if you hear anything in the background. But I understand, Louise, Nova Cub starts with you, is that right? Kind of, yeah. It does, yeah. I guess it does start with me in a way. Um, and Russell as well. We kind of started writing some songs together over the past year and then we brought the other two members in um and since then we've kind of been writing lots and lots so yeah it started with me i I guess yeah i don't know where to take that question (laughs) it's okay we'll get through it we'll unpack it now i understand you and russell in particular both played with bands in the past Mm -hmm. so at what point did this music feel like it wasn't for something else and it was for something new something personal I think from the start, really. Like, I think I've always written music a little bit, but never taken it very seriously. And then Russell kind of being like, oh, that's okay, (laughs) made me feel like I could try and pursue it in a way and just kind of keep messing around with stuff. (laughs) Don't take a video of me. (laughs) That's Um, fine. Add it all to the behind the scenes. It's fine. This is my good side as well, so thank you very much for that. So you first started writing music and then Russell was the first person you showed that music to? Yeah, I'd say so, yeah. I'd, I'd showed him bits, like, um, quite early on in the process, but I don't think... He, I think he was like, oh, this is okay, but nothing happened, and then I just... I don't know how, I probably showed him again, and I can't even remember how it all started, but then he started to be like, oh, yeah, and then he'd send me ideas, so kind of grew from there. So how mm-hmm. long ago is it that you first showed Russell some of your music? How long ago was it, Russell? Um, Stop being silly, you two. <laughs> Sorry, we're... Just school kids. Simmer down, kids. Simmer down. We're, we're flirting. Um, <laughs> how long ago? I guess, like, mm, two years ago? Yeah. Probably the very first time mm-hmm. I did and stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, okay. Two years ago? Mm. Something wow. like that. That's quite a way back. So... But back then I was literally just, you know, <coughs> playing a bit of guitar and, like, not a lot of vocal stuff. It was more just like, hey, Russell, check this thing out I did. And you're a guitar player and you're great. And he was kind of like... That's cool. And put the headphones down and I was like, I don't know if he likes it. But obviously <laughs> some part of him did because then he called me up begging me to, to do a project together. So, begging? Yeah, begging. <laughs> Russell's face is in total agreement with that statement. That's exactly how it happened. Well, I saw one of your Instagram live videos where you're kind oh, of God. mucking about with like delay pedals and yes. just, just making up random pieces. That's some glimpse of how this started? Just literally <clears throat> random sketches Yeah, of actually, yeah, because uh, 2017 was quite a quiet year for me. So I was just at home a lot and I guess I was just playing on pedals and I don't know, I, I can say I got that influence from Russell himself because he's a very pedal-heavy dude. Yes, he is. Right, I can say that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can say that. We've got that on the record. Russell is a pedal-heavy dude. Can't take it back now. 
And I got curious about all the sounds and stuff like that, and I just kind of delved into that and would do stupid little live things that like five people would watch, and you know. Well, I don't this know who was kind of my mum and dad. <laughs> slowly but surely, building up the. Uh, the language that you'd feed them for the songs that you would eventually write, just getting comfortable with sounds yes, you like and the yes. kind of vibe you're going for. Mm -hmm. So and then, Russell, when did you go from, yeah, that sounds kind of cool, to I'd like to work with you on this? The truth um, comes out. The truth comes out. I'm, I'm, it, it hasn't quite happened yet. <laughs> no, um, I don't know, it's hard to pinpoint the moment. It, 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 it was quite organic, I think. Like, at first, it felt like we were just kind of doing it for fun, I guess. Like it, it, it didn't have a purpose initially, you know. And we, we didn't have an objective. Like, you know, let's let's make complete songs out of this, or let's form a band, or let's record them, or anything. It was just, it was very casual for, for for quite a while. Um, so is it that you were both in other bands doing other things, and then in this free time on the side? Even the weekend or something, you jam something out together. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, because you know, we we both were playing in block party together, so we would be together, like, and have kind of downtime. If you know, if if we're in much like now, hanging around in the dressing room, waiting to play a show. So you know, and there's always instruments laying around. So that was, an, uh, you know, an opportunity just for us to to kind of jam together. Um, and then, but yeah, so I, I, I'm trying to remember the point when it actually became something. Well, I guess that's a different. testament to how natural this progression has been. That it wasn't even like on this day this happened. It was just mm. you've kind of hung out. I'm just curious, when you were in Block Party together, was that when you first met? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Had you played much? I know you're an amazing drummer, by oh, the way. Like thanks. insanely <laughs> good. Especially if you're playing in Block Party, the drumming parts aren't easy. So you kind of need to. <laughs> I just realised the drummer for Nova Cub is also in the room He's as I'm crying. saying that. He's left the room. You're both fantastic drummers. No, Louise is my favourite drummer. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. Louise is not blushing at all. <laughs> She's had oh, that compliment. Yeah. <laughs> so embarrassing. So I'm guessing... Like, I'm joking. <laughs> oh my God. I'm guessing your drumming goes way, way back. Does writing music and playing guitar go back as far? Is that more recent? Mm, yeah, it is newer, much newer. I played guitar a bit. <clears throat> I actually started on guitar, and then, and then yeah, and then I begged my parents to play drums. But writing songs hadn't really ever happened. I'd done like a few things, but they were terrible. And I just got into kind of drumming, drumming for people, drumming in bands, and yeah. So when we started, as Russell said, just jamming or just playing together. Um, it was like, whoa, this is crazy. What is like? I didn't know that this feeling could happen. And then, and then when I was on my own and writing at home, it was very like, people say cathartic, don't they? Yeah. 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 It's kind of like therapy. Um, just getting everything out. And I hadn't experienced music, I guess, like that before, apart from in smashing drum kits up, where I'm like, fuck everybody. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, had you never been in a band before? as part of the person that's making the music? Were you mostly like yeah. a session drummer kind of thing? Yeah, but I'd always, always been so opinionated about like everything, about the music, about more arrangement, because when you're playing for other people, then like, they'll have the song kind of done, but it's just like, how are we going to do it live or whatever? 
And I'd always be super opinionated. I'd always notice things that the bass player or the guitarist is doing and be like, why are they doing that? Or that's amazing that they're doing that. So... Okay, so nothing deliberate, this is my music, but certainly the seeds of having an idea, more than just a hired hand here to play along with your thing, having some sort of idea of this is what I prefer, this is what I lean towards. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can I ask, what music made you want to start playing music in the first place? And I'll go around the room to ask as well, so you can all start thinking about your answers. Um... Well, the reason I say that, yes. to give you a chance to think of your answers, or maybe get another mouthful of that fantastic food you're eating there, <laughs> is that Block Party are very much one of the bands that made me want to start making music. It was... I, I lived in uh, London until I was about 14, and I moved to Exeter, and everyone there kind of skates and surfs, and I just tried my best to blend in. They were all into Metallica and Feeder and Stereophonics, and I was at that very impressionable age. I was just like, oh, shit, if everyone else likes that, I guess I like that too. Sure. And okay, another band is just joining us. So, sorry, that's sorry, cool. Sorry. Go ahead. Do you know? Do you know where the the homie is that I'm supposed to be? Sitting out the it's okay. Oh, so it's an, another band has just been sound checking. What's the name of your band? Publicity department. Welcome to the saddest night out podcast. Oh, nice. Okay, good. <laughs> Out of the sound Apologies, checker. Apologies, sorry. That's my <laughs> okay. bad. That's my bad. Okay. It's not until It's okay. It's all part of capturing the ambience of the live music circuit we'll take this in London. <laughs> yeah, there's like nacho Pass chips. Pass the, the chips. Is that good? I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like it. It adds colour to the conversation. I'm sorry? Yeah, there's some yeah, rice and I'm yeah, guessing like some sort of chilli. Yeah. I'm going to fix all this in post. <laughs> and I'm keeping this in. So one thing, Shelly, there's quite real. a bit of mushroom, which was kind of a point of contention among some of us, but it's good. It's very good They don't want you here, is it? Publicity department. Featured guest there. Thank you very much. <laughs> Need a sign saying, like, keep out or something. No, that's fine. Uh, so yeah, as I was saying, so stereophonics feed up as a kind of music, and then one thing in particular is like, Indie rock is where it's at, block party in particular. And I was like, indie rock? That's all that kind of twiddle-twaddle music. Not really into it. He literally said, no, no, listen to Like Eating Glass, listen to Banquet. And back then it was Bear Share, the good old days of downloading music. Yeah, so I didn't, never really did Napster. Bear Share was my go-to. And it wasn't full albums, it was odd songs. So Name change. <laughs> I want to cut that. I want a percentage. So that was... That music opened my ears to a whole new world of music. And it was very much the idea of writing a riff, looping it, and then building a song around that instead of just playing, like, uh, bar chords yeah. and blues kind of riffs on top of it. Mm-hmm. So that's a little bit of my history with music. So, Louise, what oh. about you? I actually haven't thought about this at all. <laughs> um, oh, my God. I mean, different stages in different parts of my life. Can I just say that and go home? <laughs> um, what made you go from guitar to bass, then? Uh, guitar to drums? Well... I always wanted to play drums, but my parents were, like, unsure about that, being a female. Just because it's an unusual instrument to pick for a female. Um, And also because they thought, I'll probably just do it and then not really want to do it the next day. One of those. Yeah, exactly. Um, But eventually I kept going on about it, and I'd, I'd kind of always been drumming around the house since I was young, so eventually I just gave in. Um, I think my mum said if you practice piano for a year, which I'm shit at piano, by the way. Yeah, I can't. Well. Yeah. yeah. Never practiced. 
Well, she made me, but I just... I think I was just always doing the C major scale, so I never really got any better. But at least I did it every day. Yeah. And then she was like, yeah, you can you can now take up drums. Now you can do what you actually That's exactly what my dad said to me. High five, baby. One year other. of uh-huh. one year of piano, and then you can have. Oh a drum my god, we live, we live the same life. Yeah. Did either of you ever stick with piano at all? Or that once a year was done, like, I'm free, never again. I'm free, never again. <laughs> I'm free, yeah. never again. Oh my yeah. god, we like the same. I love you. So, what music were you wanting and to so make then? Shit. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. My yeah. feelings are. So, what music there. were you wanting to make back when you were being forced to play the piano? Uh, I don't know. Death metal. Death metal. Yeah, I don't know anything that wasn't conventional. I guess. Yeah, How I long have you been playing the drums? Because I come from Latin America, so I'm from Venezuela, so I, as you can see in my hat. Uh, so, yeah, so everyone likes to hear like reggaeton, like uh, salsa, all that kind of music, like merengue. And I oh, like yeah. that music, but I, <laughs> I wanted to play something different, and I was more influenced by the British artists than okay. the Latin American ones, so... I like the strokes. I'm putting that out there before you take it. Oh, damn. <laughs> and you take that from all of us, too. And man. Radiohead. Oh, come on! And Fabrizio Moretti is the greatest drummer of all time. Yeah. Big fan. Big yeah. fan. Yeah. So when did you come to the UK then? Oh yeah, about three and a half years ago. And straight into music as soon as you got here? Yeah, yeah. I came to, like, I won like the scholarship to study music here. So I came here, studied for a bit, and then eventually I met these guys and here I am. The rest is history. Yeah. Scholarship in music. What instrument yeah. was your prime? Is it drums? Yeah. Louise, did you get a scholarship in music? I did, yeah. Fucking hell. <laughs> we lived the same life, I told you. We did, did you, wait, did you do a degree, right? No. Oh, no, okay. I did. Oh, that came off really bad. <laughs> fight, fight, fight. We're all friends, we're all friends <laughs> in this room. What so, you gonna do, kiddo? <laughs> so when did you two meet then? Um, through a friend, a friend's birthday party in 2000 and... Seventeen. Seventeen, yeah, last, last year. Last year. Yeah. And was it straight away like, hey, I'm, I'm making music, would you mind being the drummer in my band? No. Not at all. It was like, uh, we were both drummers, so we never spoke about drums. We always spoke about writing music. I was writing, I was starting to write music and play guitar a little bit, and she was doing the same thing, so we just had this idea to start going to open mics together. And we, and we did. And we did. And yeah, and we bonded a lot doing that, and yeah. So this Eventually. is going to have Mike's playing your own original music. Yeah. Yeah, but his his own songs and like me and Russ's at that point, me and Russ's songs, and then, and then I think one day Tony was like, "Please let me play drums." Please begged on his hands and knees again. It was Sensing a theme thing. here. <laughs> it was more. It was more like she sent me a link and I was like, "Oh, yeah. that's all right. Yeah, that's all right." You know. Oh, no, okay, it's in and between. She was like, can you please play drums for me? And I was like, oh, I don't know. It was definitely in between the two. It was kind yeah. of yeah. it was kind of you being like, by the way, your stuff's all right. And I was like, really? 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 Yeah. It's like a six out of ten. It's not bad. It's like, I might play drums here and there, but like, we'll see how it goes. I'm not sure, but... Okay, well, sliding along the line to Russell, mm. can you tell us a bit about your musical history? Not yeah, well, uh, how far back are we going? Cause when did you first start playing guitar? Um, I think I was around 15, probably. Um, that was kind of 14, 15 was the age I got into music, I guess, Same. properly. Yeah. Um, but the reason I picked up the guitar was you know, the film Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a big scene in that where he, he plays guitar. Johnny Be Good. Yeah, yeah. Right. And And, you know, I loved the film and I was really young and then I saw it again when I was a teenager and I don't know it just it wasn't something that I typically did at that age like 
tried new things, but for some reason I just thought, yeah, I, I want to like be able to do that. You want to be Martin McFly? Yeah. <laughs> we all do. So, um, yeah, and, and, and I just asked my parents if I could have get a guitar, and, and, and they got me one. And, yeah, so that was where it began. That was the genesis, so that was, that teenage genesis. years. Now, you are quite known for your very good use of guitar pedals. Thanks. When did that start? That started pretty early on when I was playing. Um, I think because the bands I was into at the time, like like uh, Radiohead and you Smashing too. Pumpkins. Us two. You two. Us two. Yeah. Um, <laughs> were, you know, bands that, that, that did that kind of stuff. Um, and I was learning guitar at the same time as uh, a good friend, who you know, who you know Matty. Um, from the band Does It Offend You Yeah and so we both kind of bonded over um, like the more kind of experimental style of guitar playing I think because especially like a lot of people you know like had guitar lessons and played like the blues and and, yeah. and, and all that that kind of world and, and, and we like had no interest in that we kind of wanted to do our own thing so yeah I, I think like as, as soon as we could afford it you know we, we each like got a pedal and we'd share them and Aww. show each other ideas and, and stuff and uh yeah and it, it was always I think it was like a joint quest of always kind of trying to find like something new that we could do like some new sounds we could make you know always experimenting I, I think like there was a lot of kind of like lo-fi indie bands around that time that that were doing that kind of thing I remember there was a band called Yurisei Yatsura, like who no one would have heard of. Because, I haven't yeah, they like <laughs> they were a Scottish band, you know, and they were just around for a couple of years. And, and but they were awesome, and and they would do stuff like that. I remember the guitar player would had like a a toy laser gun, and he would like run it through the guitar through the pickups, Whoa. and and that's something I kind of took inspiration from. Just kind of breaking from the supposed rule book of guitar. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, I hate the rule book. So, um, so at this time, is writing your own songs part of the agenda as well as finding these sounds? Yeah, always, like, from, from like, as soon as we started playing, really. Like, you know, yeah, we, we, we would learn the songs of the bands that we were into, like, yeah, Radiohead and stuff, to, to kind of play. But, you know, we, we were forming bands or with each other and with other friends like immediately and my whole kind of friendship group like everyone was in a band it, it felt like so like everyone seemed to be creative the, the people that that I knew which was really cool so then it kind of makes sense to instead of feeling like a outsider like I shouldn't do this if everyone's doing it I guess it feels more natural to just create your own thing yeah I, I, the, it, I don't know it just felt like that was the purpose of getting a musical instrument was to, to create rather than to imitate. Not just to be out of a cover band. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, you know, we, we, we would play songs for fun, but that wasn't like, the, the you know, that was just like a, a side aspect of, of being a musician. Like the, the, the main point was, was kind of being creative. So having spent quite some time working on original music and being pretty good at it, if I do say so myself, when it came to working with Louise, what were those early stages like when you first heard her music and joined in was are, are you more used to joining in with other people's creative processes did it immediately strike you how you could fit in with this 
Uh, yeah, like, I mean, I can tell, like, really quickly if... I mean, I, I think, on the one hand, I can work with, like, pretty much anyone. I'm, I'm, I'm quite kind of flexible and accommodating and can make it work. But on, on the other hand, like, I can tell, like, straight away if, if it's going to be, like, something special. You know, if someone's got, like, the, the, the kind of same mentality that I have and, 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 and I could tell that, like, straight away with Louise, like... Like after like just like ten minutes of like messing around on on guitars together, you felt like you're on the same page. Yeah, yeah, like completely. Like just like I, I don't know. It's hard to like put into words. Cool. You know, don't have to. So I'm gonna cry. Feels <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a deep <laughs> therapy session. I think we're getting some things out in the open that maybe you haven't talked about before. So yeah, that's how Russell feels about you. Oh Good to know. Say it again. Now, Yona, <laughs> let's talk about you. When did you start? <laughs> when did you start playing the bass? I did not play the bass until. Dun, 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 drum roll. Dun, 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 dun. When was it? Yesterday. December. Yesterday. <laughs> I learned yesterday. So might be a bit ropey today, but I'll, I'll give it my best. Uh, yeah, it was about October. So I played a bit of guitar before, and uh, so me and Louise don't live that far away from each other. We've been friends for. Found her on the street. Found her on the street. <laughs> Oh, years ago. Uh, 2015, 14? 14, 15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we met then and um, we'd always kind of go, we go to the gym together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would always like play our music to each other and um, so I knew about this project. And then when it came to putting the band together, I think that uh, they didn't really have a bass player in mind. So she. No, I did. Oh, she Louise always knew. She says she knew Russell it was going to be me. Specifically, yeah. it'd be cool if there was another girl in the band. Uh huh. And I was like, "That's a cool idea." Well, it can't be the drummer. Oh, awkward. Because I don't want to kill her. Because <laughs> I'd be jealous of her. <laughs> but but then yeah, but then I was like, a bass player, girl bass player would be really really cool. I've always liked the look of a girl bass player. I think it's really fucking cool. Like, there's not enough of them. There's not enough girl drummers, but. I just would have been too competitive with that. So it was like, okay, it has to be the bass player, and I didn't know any. I thought Jones would be able to smash it up. Yeah. I feel like we're dominating this room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That, so we won't be too <laughs> So you hadn't played bass until like late last year? Yeah. Had you yes. played any musical instrument before then? Yes, yeah, so yeah. So what, what music were you more so, familiar with then? Well, I, I had played a bit of guitar before, which is... So, and I used to gig doing that, but my main instrument is harp. I did not expect that answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. How long um, have you been playing the harp then? So I started playing when I was about seven. Um, so the main... I th- so what I was doing is... The main thing I do is play harp and mm-hmm. sing. So I was doing gigs, whether, whether it was my own thing or um, in other people's bands and... Um, you started yeah. when you were seven. Yeah, I was really young. Did you want to play the harp at seven? <laughs> yeah, I, I really did. So I played like piano and violin already, and then I saw someone playing the harp, and I was like, right. Check you out. I, I want to play this. <laughs> That's why we need her. <laughs> so, do you remember when the four of you became a band? Like, a f- somewhat officially? Like, do you remember the first time the four of you played together? Oh, God. Yeah, I don't. I don't know the top of my head. I, m- I remember when I well I remember the first time playing with you two is when I came to the studio when you were mm. recording something oh, yeah. and I remember because I hadn't I'd been like learning to play this part on bass but Russell had, hadn't seen met, I hadn't met Russell and hadn't, he hadn't seen me play bass so I was like 
<laughs> don't mess up, don't mess up, don't mess up. Um, yeah, so, that was a fr- and then I think Tony we really must met have in the rehearsal room. In the re- rehearsal room. Yeah, right. I think yeah, so. I think so. We'd met, I think everyone had met individually. Mm. Or, I mean, everyone knew everyone at that point, because I just had, when it was me and Russell, I'd had an image of who I wanted, and Tony was secretly who I wanted, but I didn't want to tell him until he said, oh, and then he said... Until he said, oh, I'd be up for doing it. I didn't ask him. He just randomly said it. And I was like, yes. Got yeah. He said it. <laughs> and then Jones was like, I just knew she was, I just knew it was going to be her. And then I said to Russell, these guys, and our previous management, I showed them pictures. And I was like, they're so cool. And then everyone was like, calm down. <laughs> they're just humans. And I'm like, no, it's them. Yeah. And then, yeah, it happened. I agree. I mean, that, there's that, that, I think the main press picture at the moment is you, is it like in a tunnel or something with the lights behind you and Luigi kind of knelt down? Yeah, I'm on the floor. That's a cool picture. Like, that picture like says, this is a band. Like, this is worth checking out. I really like it. Thank so, you. at what point did the open, because I first met Louise mm. when you played an open mic night. Now, I tried to take pictures and videos of each performer. And we have a sign-up sheet where you can put down your email address and, like, your Instagram or Twitter handle. You put down your email address, but not your Twitter handle. But I've taken a video. So, like, I want to try and find us just to let her know. I've taken a picture or something. Mm-hmm. So I searched Louise Bartle on Instagram, and that's when I found Block Party. I was like, what? <laughs> and then I think the next time you came, or the time after, you brought Russell. And yes. I was, we were still in the trial period of those open mics. And I was saying to the guys working with Romeo, like, do you have any idea who just walked in? Oh, my God. Play it cool, play it cool, play it cool. Like, I remember <laughs> you played, and I, I tried to stifle my excitement. And then after you finished, I said, you're not too bad at the guitar. I was like, yes, Roy, you made a joke and you laughed. You did it. So how far into the history of Nova Cub were those open mics? Was that the first time you'd played Nova Cub music to people that weren't in Nova Cub? That is the first time me and Russell live ever played November. And it was a change of mind. Well, I mean, we ha- basically we've never played live together apart from me on my own and going to open mics with Tony. And I had to make like a second kind of persona. Or, uh, yeah, I had to make a kind of random character up to be like, I'm Alice. Because I didn't. Jess White. Huh? <laughs> Jess White. No, Jess White's my other alter ego. That's the new one. I don't want to talk about her. The original one. I don't want to talk about her. She's too new. But I want to talk about Alice. Um, <laughs> I'm not crazy, I promise. Of course not, of course not. <laughs> no, Alice, I had to kind of just be like, I'm Alice, back then. But yeah, when we played at that open mic, at your open mic night, it was so early in us playing live together. In fact, it's still only our fourth gig today as a band. So yeah, I'd only really played the songs on my own. And I'm still getting used to all that and singing. It's just a big change to make. So I guess in particular, since you are familiar with being lots of other acts but as a in the background someone else is taking the spotlight and yeah, you're just there yeah, to support yeah, yeah. now you're taking the spotlight I imagine yeah. it is a bit of a change yeah I try not to think of it like that I try it because I feel like psychologically that fucks me up okay. so I'm just like it's all four of us they're not looking at me as well it is <laughs> my yeah, singing definitely. doesn't matter at all and then it's like <laughs> and I'm like okay maybe it does matter but I think it's just getting used to it just doing it more and just getting used to people listening to me because on the drums you'll be nervous but people can't hear that when you're like hitting a drum you don't hear nerves but singing you do so and how are the four of you feeling about the band this far you enjoying it enjoying the gigs getting used to it hate it yeah (laughs) (laughs) jumping out now (laughs) (laughs) so far so good is that fair to say yeah 
yeah, yeah. I think it's really good. Really good. Yeah. Just I honestly, I feel like everyone is amazing. I'm not holding us back in any way, but just still get. I'm the one that's getting used to everything because I'm the one that. I mean, Yona no, is as I well because she's playing too. bass. But yeah. But everyone, even you on bass, like you sound like a bass player. I'm yeah. not like, what the fuck is she doing back there? I'm like. I, I agree. Like I did. I was surprised to find that you only just fairly recently started playing bass. You fit in perfectly. You offend. Like to end it on kind of. I've spoken to the band now to get it from the fans' perspective. The open mics and apologies to anyone from the open mics that listens, but that's always a bit hit and miss. Some artists are like, oh, that sounds really good, and some are like, give it up for this person. Yeah, that was great. But when Louise played, I was like, that 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 sounds like an already established artist really? who's just kind of. Really? Yes, you're that get used to it, Louise. You're that good, all right. And then when I went to your first gig at that O2 Academy thing, that was very good as well. You have the look, you have the understanding between you, and that even though you might not feel it, a confidence comes across really? that you, the four of you, are a unit, and you're here to destroy. Wait, don't say really. <laughs> yes, we are. Yes. We're here to destroy. So, what are the plans for the near future? Do you have other gigs in the works? More music to write? Record. We've got gig coming up on Monday. The mm -hmm. what's the what's the actual date going to be? The twenty no. Fourteen. Fourteen. Yeah. I don't even know what we're on. Yes. Fourteenth of May. Uh huh. Monday at the Half Moon in Putney, and that's our last London gig for ages. Okay. Um and then, yeah, we're gonna get some others, I guess, but I feel like that's and then just putting songs out really. And get this thing moving. That's the plan. Well, I'll be front row centre to see how it all unfolds. Thank you very much for your time, guys. Thank you. And good luck Thank tonight. You. Thank you so much. And that was that. Thank you very much to the members of Nova Club. That was Iona, Tony, Russell and Louise. It was an absolute pleasure to talk to you all. And I look forward to doing it again. I look forward to seeing you again. And I look forward to bearing witness to the rise and rise of Nova Club. Thank you also to the members of Publicity Department for making their guest appearance. I said I'd keep it in, and I am true to my word. And thank you to the other bands that played, Finnish Flag and Flower Babies. That's Finnish Flag and Flower Babies. Thank you to Adrian and Kirsty for putting on the show. And Death to Everything, that is not guitar music, is the name of the promotion company that hosted it, so thank you to them. Thank you to the Victoria Dalston for hosting the show in the first place. And thank you to anyone that's listening. And thank you to all the people that I spoke to that night who liked my idea of this podcast. I think while talking to Flower Baby, someone searched Saddest Night out and thought they had come up with the result of The Guardian's Top 50. And for a moment there, we all thought my podcast was among The Guardian's Top 50. I'm pretty sure it isn't, but <laughs> that was a fun couple of seconds of thinking that was the case. Who knows? Maybe someday. A boy can dream. I apologise for coming across insensitively at all in that introduction. I am by no means an authority on the subject. and it This is all... Well, I don't know what there is to say other than my sincerest condolences to the nearest and dearest, the loved ones, the family and friends of Scott Hutchison and all those who have been affected by today's news. I cannot stress enough, not just that... You should know there's help out there. There is, has been, there will always be help out there. But it's important for you to understand that your well-being and your happiness is worth seeking help. 
whether that seems scary or embarrassing, it's worthwhile. It's important to be cognizant of how you, to be and honestly so, about how you are. And also to not be shy about seeing how your friends are. This is not an arena that is, that people are often forthcoming about. When someone's going through something like this, it's not uncommon for them to want to bury it deep and hope that no one notices. And that's speaking from experience. But really offering help without it being asked, without it being requested, can really make all the difference. And I hope I can play some small part in aiding the well-being of the people I talk to. Because this podcast has definitely played that role for me. Even if it is that one person in San Jose and those odd listeners in Singapore. It it still means something, so thank you. Today's music, I mentioned we all talked about in this episode our earliest inklings of playing our own music. And I mentioned how listening to Block Party got me into playing loops and building songs around that. I have still, before there were voice notes and phones, I had an old dictaphone. I found it not too long ago. But I just tried to press play on the cassette that was in there and the dictaphone no longer works. And then I put that cassette in the a cassette player I have. And it didn't have the music I thought it would have on it which is what I'm going to now attempt to play. This is probably one of the first pieces I wrote. We're talking 2006, 2007. Way, way back. And yeah, I wrote it on a dictaphone, so I recorded the loop part on the dictaphone a couple of times, quite a few times, then would play the dictaphone back and play along with it. And originally it was going to be the last song on what would then be the first album. As I mentioned, I think, before, playing music with my friends back in the day, I started off just singing other people's lyrics, then writing lyrics, then writing odd parts, then writing songs, and I really just hit the ground running with it. I got to the point where I was saying, right, guys, I've got our first EP, album number one, album number two, etc. So this song I'm going to play was going to be the last song on album number one. That album is now, and I'm not going to worry if all things go to plan, whatever that plan is. This would be the last song on album number four. It doesn't have a name, it doesn't have lyrics. And it was heavily influenced by, I think it's called Girlfriend, by Gym Class Heroes. Take a look at my girlfriend. She's the only one I got. That's the era we're talking about here. That's how far back this goes. And I hope this sounds okay. And yeah, I will put that bonus episode up because it's important to know help is out there. It's important to know your well-being is worthy of seeking help. And it's important to know it's not so alien to feel unhealthy mentally. Don't let those kinds of feelings encourage you to sequester yourself and hide yourself away that much more. A part of me hopes that in sharing my thought process and my feelings for better and for worse, it will help others to recognise that sometimes the way they feel isn't so abnormal. 
and as such, seeking help for it shouldn't seem so abnormal either. It's as if you've broken your arm, but you've never heard of anyone breaking their arm before, so you think, I'll just keep quiet and carry on as if everything's fine, because I don't want to be a burden, I don't want to bring it up, it's embarrassing. And I'm saying, no, look, I've, had a, I've got a broken arm too. And then you can go, oh, okay, we should get these fixed in. <laughs> I really hope I'm not trivialising this subject. I might sound like I am, but I don't mean to. So maybe I'll stop there and just play the song. So the loop part, which it's been a while since I've had to loop something on a pedal, but it goes like this. Uh-oh. What's going on here then? Right, let's try this. Thank you very much for listening. You can find me online. Just search Saddest Night Out, all one word. I will see you tomorrow, and from the bottom of my heart, take care.